Heroes from the Trenches, stories forged in the fires of experience. Many of us don't actually plan on being in HVAC. We just end up in the HVAC and refrigeration industry. To learn more about HVACR, visit escogroup.org. All right, thank you all for joining us. We're hanging out with Ranger Nobrit. Ranger, how are you today? Good morning, how are you? I'm doing good. We had a really interesting conversation when we were hanging out at the AHR Expo. You know, many times we talk about how we end up in this industry and it, it's kind of funny when I, when I start calculating the amount of friends that I have that ended up in the industry that didn't plan to be in the industry, it's pretty significant. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how life, you know, um, kind of molds your course. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have some control over it, but sometimes I guess you, you could chalk it up to feet. Yeah, I think the only people that I have that conversation with is say, oh yeah, I, I planned on, on spending my career in HVAC were maybe the ones that started in an HVAC family-owned business. But the rest of us, we just end up there. So tell me a little bit about how you got in the industry, because I just, I love this. this. This is just a prime example of how, how fascinating HVAC and refrigeration is and so sometimes it just hooks us when we least expect it. So way, way back in the day, um, when I was in high school, I really had no particular career path planned out. And my father, who was prior military, he had suggested that maybe the military would be something that would be in your interest. Yeah. And I agreed. And two weeks after I graduated high school, uh, my father drove me down to K-May, New Jersey, which is where the uh, boot camp is for United States Coast Guard. And he dropped, he dropped me off and said, good luck. Come back better, boy. (laughs) So I made it through boot camp. I funny thing is I personally, I actually enjoyed the experience and I was fortunate enough to, uh, out of boot camp, I was assigned to a ship. And, uh, when on the ship, there's two different engineering divisions. One's okay. called main prop and the other one's called a gang and main prop basically works on anything in the, just in the engine room itself for propulsion and a gang works on everything else. They work on the air conditioning, all the steam, HVAC, plumber, electric, tr- no, electrician, no, not so much plumber, but the nope. air conditioning, the, the steam kettles and equipment in the kitchen, the, the sewer system, the, any kind of auxiliary equipment we, we took care of. Okay. And uh, as we discussed before, I had no prior knowledge as to how an air conditioning system worked or, or the refrigeration cycle or anything. My my kind of thought in my head at the time was I wanted to be a heavy equipment operator yeah. uh, and a mechanic. And I'm glad I didn't pick that uh uh, that piece of course. Well, well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it, when you're a young guy, you know, you can lay on a concrete floor for hours, but as we get older, not that our industry isn't tough on our physical, right. but some are definitely well. harder than, yeah, than some. but, uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, I fell into air conditioning just by that. And, uh, as, as we spoke or, or the story I tell and, right. uh, my first experience on the ship, I'm a young guy, I'm 17 years old. Okay. Right? And uh, they took me in, uh, aside and said, your, your first job is to go down. And I had to learn all this terminology because I didn't know sure. about nothing. So your, your, fir- your first job on the ship is in every morning when you get up, uh, before you go to breakfast, you need to go down to dry stores. And uh, we had... Uh, one walk-in freezer and two walk-in refrigerators down there. And uh, every morning my job was to go down and they gave me a little wrench 
similar to this one, which I'll, I'll tell you the story about this as well. But mm -hmm. they, they gave me a little crescent wrench like this. Right, right. And they said, Ranger, your job is to go down. Actually, you know, they don't call you by your first name, a fireman, Robert. Sure. Uh, <laughs> your job is to go down. And uh, they walked me up to one of the expansion valves that were on, mounted on the, uh, uh, actually on the outside of the, of the walking cooler, which is kind of odd too. But <laughs> uh, my job was to take the end nut off the cap and, yeah. and back the expansion valve out all the way and count the turns. It's real important you count the turns. <laughs> back all the way out. And you could hear the the moisture. Well, I was ice at that time. It would it would just let loose, right? <laughs> and and it's like, wow, that's weird. That's interesting. What's this? And then you know, make sure you count the turns when you when you when you Turn a step, right? Okay, you know whatever it was, six or seven and a quarter, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I did that religiously for about six weeks, and then uh, another new guy showed up, and that now became his job. Right, right. And then they found something else for me to do. Um, Never and, really explained what you're doing. Just this is how no, this is this is your job, right? You know. And later on, I realized, well, obviously, the thing was full of moisture. Exactly. And, and you got to understand the mentality of the military is that they'll do things like this, knowing that it's incorrect, but it gives, it something gives the, the, somebody something to do. And, yeah. and maybe hopefully they understand why you're doing it. All right. Exactly. So, it's kind of uh, like swabbing the deck. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, right, the right answer was to, you know, remove the, ref, the moisture from the refrigerant <laughs> and recharge it. Right. And, and, but no, and then they wouldn't have a job for these young guys that come on the, on the ship that have no oh idea. About gosh, anything. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was my very, very first job in the industry. And since then, you know, I've learned a boatload of stuff about, uh, air conditioning refrigeration on the ship. I had really good mentors on the ship and they got me interested in it. And I kind of uh, had an affinity for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first time in my life that I felt that I something I, I understood. You're part of something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I understood it. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I you know, I, I, you know, with dealing with engines and all that, and I did diesel work too, but I really understood it. I had it in my mind's eye and right. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And just from there, uh, I was on the ship for 18 months. And then they sent me down to Yorktown, Virginia. I went to a school, which is uh, that, that kind of qualifies you for your yep. job when you become a petty officer. And part of that, there was refrigeration and heating and air conditioning. And that as well. Right. So you got into the instructional side of it. Uh, well, no, I, I didn't get the instructional side. I, I got tr more training on it, more yeah. formal training. And then gotcha. uh, I decided uh, not to make the military my career. I fell in love. And mm, boy, doesn't that change things? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I made a conscious decision that, you know, that it wasn't going to be my career path. And right. I had made arrangements a year before I completed my enlistment obligation. And I signed up for air conditioning school in Pensacola, New Jersey, which at the time I believe it was Lions Tech. And then it was bought out by Lincoln Tech. Oh, yeah. Sure. And uh, one of my personal friends, uh, growing up also was a student that at that time uh, at the school that was at Genoa. So oh, we actually, no we actually yeah. well, Ed and I known each other since we we're, you know, it, it almost j just out of 10, 11 years old. Oh, and, and uh, you know, it's just funny that we all fell into this right at the same time. <laughs> um, so anyway, 
and then uh, after that, I was gonna I was gonna set the world on fire. Yeah, uh, exactly. In the air conditioning industry. So yeah. and here I am. This will be my this is my forty first year. Holy cow! So. So you've seen a lot of changes along the way. I mean, from turning a wrench on an expansion valve to let the moisture pass through because it froze overnight and the probably in the metering device <laughs> to diving deeper into what those devices are. Oh my God. I've been, well, when, when I started, there was four refrigerants. There was, yeah. it was 12, 12 502, 22 and 500. Those yeah. were the four. Exactly. Um, you know, and that, that was the days of, you know, Purge and go. I mean, yeah. that's what it was, you know, right, wrong or different. And I, I also have, was fortunate enough uh, to have a lot of great mentors in my career. Um, I got to work, fortunately, under Jack Rice for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some, I had a really good service manager that we worked together in two different companies. His name was Jeff Crane. And he's the fellow that, you know, instilled in me. And this is in the mid you know, mid to uh, late eighties, you know, you need to use a micron gauge, you know, wow. you have to evacuate. Yeah. You know, uh, best you got to use best practices. And that yeah. was instilled in me right literally from the beginning, me leaving the military and, and starting out my career in the, on the civilian side. So I, I was very, very fortunate to have those type of folks to be able to learn from them and work from them and, and instill that, that uh, ethic. It's interesting to to recognize that we were, you know, some of the industry was teaching best practices even then. You know, a lot of people think about the old times and go, oh, you guys didn't do anything right. Well, it was a lot of emerging best practices and emerging best technologies. You know, we were transitioning into a, a new era of refrigeration and air conditioning. And so a lot of times we weren't taught things, maybe not properly. You know, if we think about that whole mentoring side that you're talking about, a lot of people didn't have good mentors and good education early on in the industry. So a lot of bad habits were formed along the way. So you're fortunate to be able to have a mentor, some mentors along the way, which is what we're really trying to encourage is for people to find mentors, find those people who are doing things right and just draw to them. I mean, and I agree. I I think that the, well, I, I, I know that all the things that we know today were around 40, 50 years it's ago. Not new. They, they were, that, that, that was always <laughs> no. It's just our industry, unfortunately, at least at that time, was an industry of shortcuts. Yes. All right. This is what we need to do, but what can I get away with? Or what, yeah. what can cut my time down? Or what can make, you know, get me out of the job faster? And a lot, unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Those original, the the CFCs and the HFCs were pretty forgiving for a lot of things. Yep, so we got, away, we got away with a lot of sins. Yeah, we really we did. did as an industry. Yep. Um, and now our industry is uh, at the point, sophistication wise, where we there, that's just not possible. No, it's not allowable. It's not. No, it's not. Um, and I think that we're in for a, a very exciting time <laughs> and a too. very uh, <laughs> challenging it's time. It's going to be a challenging time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, well, I, I also am an instructor at Monmouth County Vocational. I, I teach the second year apprentice program. I've been doing nice. it for about eight, it's my eighth year. And I enjoy that too. That's one of the reasons I do it. I don't do it for the number one reason I do it. I just enjoy it. Mm. And I enjoy passing down everything Getting that back. I've learned yeah. to some to other folks. 
but I have what I call Rangers 92-8 rule and 8% of everyone, and you could probably apply this to anything in life, but 8% of the industry is right there. They're on top of things. They're, they're, they're constantly trying to improve themselves or trying to stay with everything. And then the bell curve after that. 92% falls off. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, you're right. Um, oh, yeah. So I try to, I, my personal thing is I try to elevate that as any way I can. You know, it's when, when I, when uh, I, I also, the part of my job role at where I work is, you know, to bring my uh, employees as well as my customers up to speed. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm here for you. This is what we know today. You know, take it for what it is. If, if you don't want to, you know, to, you know, adhere to what I'm saying, or you don't want to, that's fine. But I mean, you're going to, you're going to get left out. Suffer the consequences. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's just, you, you, you know, the, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, I'm working really hard to try and come up with some stuff, 5,000 foot view with A2Ls and, one of the things I recommend is, you know, your programs and there's a couple other ones that are great out there too, but you got to stay on top of this. It's still, yeah, it's still evolving. It's an emerging part the, of our industry. The, the refrigeration part of it is if you've been doing what we discussed before, it's the no brainer. It's not a big, yeah, it's exactly right. It goes hand in hand with it. If you're doing it right. It's all the other stuff that, that we've never dealt with before. That's still an unknown. It's still, yeah. you know, we, we got to stay on top of it. So we're, when it comes time that we're as prepared as we possibly can be. Yeah. On our live show later today, we're actually going to be diving into R290. So A3 refrigerants and, you know, highly flammable refrigerants and understanding how to work with those. And the funny thing is, is just like with A2Ls, it all comes back to if you're already doing best practices, it's not going to change your life. Correct. And, you know, well, I, uh, somebody else or there was uh, on LinkedIn, there was somebody else that had posted something about A3s. And again, like I said, I had a lot of great mentors personally and i had a lot of great mentors that i you know read about guys like gil carlson and uh dan dan kramer and uh jack rise and all these folks and daniel kramer his family if you don't know the background is they they were uh the family from kramer refrigeration which is now trenton refrigeration oh okay sure and and Danny's a was a he was an attorney but he was also a mechanical engineer and he wrote uh, he has papers out there f- from 40, 50 years ago trying to promote uh, a natural refrigerants. Absolutely. I mean, that far back. He, yeah. He's just like, this is the way the industry needs to go. And this, that, they were mm-hmm. talking the 1960s, early 1970s. Yep. Um, but he was, until he passed, he was always a proponent of, of natural refrigerants. So there's that part of the industry has always been out there. It's just a, a way to harness it and, and you know, make, make it, you know, Make it make sense. Exactly. And that's what we're here for is to help, you know, bring these nuances up in forefront. We talk about like R290. We've been using R290 and other flammable refrigerants since the late 1800s. I mean, one of the reasons we came up with CFCs is to get away from the flammability. You know, we've seen this year in March in in Europe, we've seen most major manufacturers in Europe introducing R290 standalone heat pump air to water source units. So basically an outdoor heater slash chiller, right? For residential applications, yeah. using R290. We're going to see those here. We have a bunch of our manufacturers of refrigeration, commercial refrigerations already R290. We've been doing it for going on a decade now. So we're going to see a lot of emerging refrigerants, flammables, mildly flammables, everything in between. 
and making sure that we make these connections with mentors in the industry, people who are progressing and trying to do things right and using best practices are going to be the most important part of our success. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because uh, again, not to mention my friend Ed, but I will. Uh, we've had many discussions on this subject when we get together and we still look at each other and go, when is that going to happen? You know, it's just, yeah, it's here. Uh, I mean, there's other things too. There's, there's CO2 out there. Yep. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Europe. That's pretty exciting that I, I try and keep my eye on. I do too. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, more than one way to proverbially skin a cat so mm -hmm. uh, and and they're out there so I, right. I you know i i think that short term you know we we had to do what we had to do in, in this country to conform but i think yep. long term i think there's a lot of things out there that need to be really looked at hard as future alternatives to what we're, what we're faced with now so absolutely completely agree all right, Roger, we sure appreciate your time. Love the conversations about getting into the industry and uh, look forward to reconnecting again sometime soon. Absolutely. It was an honor and a privilege, and uh, I'm glad we get to speak, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other again soon. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you for your time. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>